bit too much fondness for Kentucky bourbon. A.O. Stanley got to his feet to speak one day after his opponent had already addressed the crowd, only to stagger to the back of the stage so he could throw up. Returning to the stand, he said, "'Gentlemen, I beg you to forgive me. Every time I hear Ed Morrow speak, it makes me sick to my stomach.' A.O. Stanley won the election by 471 votes. As governor of Kentucky, Stanley vetoed a bill designed to prohibit the teaching of German in Kentucky schools during World War I, while saying, We are at war with an armed despotism, not a language. He also enacted the state's first workman's compensation law, passed antitrust statutes, and improved Kentucky's charitable, penal, and educational institutions. In January 1917, Stanley made national news by preventing the lynching of a black prisoner, a circuit court judge, and a Commonwealth of Kentucky attorney in Murray, Kentucky. Before boarding the night train to travel there from Lexington, the state capital, he boldly proclaimed, I shall give the mob a chance to lynch the governor of Kentucky first. He then diffused the situation by going to where the judge and the Commonwealth attorney were being held hostage and daring the mob to kill him. In 1918, Stanley was elected as the junior senator from the state of Kentucky. A strong supporter of women's suffrage and the League of Nations, he consistently denounced laws that limited individual freedom, and was once quoted as saying, "'You cannot milk a cow in America without a federal inspector at your heels.' He was also frequently mentioned as a Democratic candidate to succeed Woodrow Wilson as president." Throughout his political career in a state that considered itself the birthplace of bourbon whiskey, A.O. Stanley had always been dogged by his pro-liquor position. At a time when prohibition was seen by many Americans as the only cure for a wide variety of social problems, Kentucky voters had narrowly approved a state constitutional amendment banning the sale and distribution of alcohol two months before the Volstead Act established prohibition as the law of the land in 1920. Unable to counter the powerful opposition mounted against him by the Anti-Saloon League as well as the Ku Klux Klan, A.O. Stanley was defeated in his bid for re-election to the Senate in 1924 by more than 24,000 votes. Despite his progressive views on a wide variety of issues, his career as an elected official came to a sudden halt, primarily because of his stance on a substance that was now illegal in America. In time, his grandson would suffer far harsher consequences for synthesizing and distributing a far more powerful substance that also allowed individuals to alter their consciousness. After leaving office, A.O. Stanley resumed his law practice in Washington, D.C. and Louisville. In 1930, he was appointed by President Herbert Hoover to the International Joint Commission. During his 24 years of service on the commission, A.O. Stanley ardently supported the creation of the St. Lawrence Seaway. After a period of declining health, he died at the age of 91 in 1958. After his flag-draped casket had laid in state in the Capitol Rotunda, A.O. Stanley was buried in Frankfort Cemetery, near other former governors of Kentucky. Born on July 1, 1904, his son, Augustus Owsley Stanley, Jr., was 11 years old when his father was elected governor. At the age of 14, A.O. Stanley, Jr. moved with his family to Washington, D.C., 
Three years later, he served as a clerk to his father at a salary of $1,500 a year. A.O. Stanley Jr. then entered the Naval Academy. As his son would later say, he did not graduate. He flaked out in his plebe year because he had a bad sinus condition, which I think was as much psychosomatic as anything else. I think he was a fragile personality and was too proud to go back and do his plebe year all over again because he had only completed one full semester. After the Naval Academy, he went to engineering school, but he didn't finish that either. Apparently seeking some sort of career that would allow him to emerge from the shadow of his father's outsized personality, A.O. Stanley Jr. went to work as a surveyor for the Chesapeake and Ohio Railroad. In his son's words, then the Depression came along, and they stopped maintaining the rails and began laying off staff. About that time, he met my mother and got married. On June 24, 1934,